Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Episode 39 of the Sexplanations podcast. I'm here with Elkie, who you've probably met on the Sexplanations YouTube channel. You did an episode with me about the magazine and the company you started called mm-hmm. Mamalod, and we talked about parenting, guardianship, etc. with kiddos. And now you're here to talk about what it's like to have that initial appointment with a clinical sexologist. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. so glad you're here. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm so glad to be here. I'm, I'm a huge fangirl. <laughs> so it's a, it's always a treat to be on any of your platforms. Aw, Elkie. Or on your couch as one of your clients. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, I before this started, I gave you the option of whether or not you wanted to talk about clinical sexology appointments just in general mm-hmm. or with me specifically. Yes. And well, I have been one of your clients uh, in the past, and so I don't mind sharing that. That's okay. just fine. <laughs> as long as you're the one saying yes. it, not me. Yes. My name is Elke, and I'm a, a proud patient of <laughs> Dr. Doe's. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I, that's lovely to hear. Yeah. Thanks for being open about yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. Well, it was sort of funny how it came to be. It was a while, a while ago. Yeah. Gosh, it was probably six or seven years ago. No, way more than that. More than that. Pro- yeah. It was probably 2009 that I, I first came and saw you. 2009. I think so. um, and we met because you had entered a contest on my website mm-hmm. as a Mompreneur. Mom, mom, mompreneur, a mom-owned business contest, and you won with, like, flying colors, and somewhere along the, the, the voting, and I was reading your essay, I was like, clinical sexology, like, what is this? And so I started <laughs> doing a little digging, and by the time you won, I was like, okay, congratulations, here's your prize, <laughs> and I'd like to make an appointment <laughs> for me and my husband, because at the time, we had pretty little kids. Mm-hmm. And we just we were just in the crunch of life, and it completely uh, kind of demolished our sex life. Everything else was just busy and tired, and and it was so funny because it was at a time where it felt like we couldn't make time for anything. And as soon as I said, "Hey, honey, you want to go to a clinical sexologist?" <laughs> he was like, "Yes," and he like arranged the babysitter, <laughs> and I was like, "Dang." It's like so much easier than getting a haircut. Maybe I should. It's like this will just be my self care because it's like, boy, he's motivated to make it happen. So we came to your clinic together, I believe, the first time. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember it, but yeah, it was fantastic. And we're um, and the first time I met you, it was funny because I was like, oh, she's so like, you know, your big eyes, and you just seem very like (laughs) sweet and like innocent. And I was like, oh, I can't like talk about my sex life with this sweet little (laughs) lady. And then you started like listing things. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a prude. And (laughs) I'm not going to embarrass this woman ever. No. (laughs) So it was it was really, really great to to see you. I think, too, for for me at that time and off and on over the years, Sex is such an interesting barometer of so many other aspects of your mm-hmm. life and your relationship and your, like, physical and emotional health. Yeah. And so it's um, it's good that there's been this kind of pulse every now and again of really checking in on that part of it because it's, like, you can't hide anything um, when mm. you're, like, actually, yeah, no, we haven't been having sex because we're exhausted or because we're resentful or because we're bored or, mm-hmm. like— there's no hiding when you actually put it in the context of sexuality. So how is your sex life? How's my sex <laughs> life? Oh, boy. Well, my kids are not little anymore. I have, like, t- 
teenagers now, so um, there's a lot of sex talk. (laughs) (laughs) My sex life uh, as an adult parent of of young adults, it's actually really interesting because we have a lot more time. It's amazing how much like time Mm -hmm. really does help. Um, But it's still kind of it still sort of ebbs and flows. You know, you get busy with other things and. For me, um, my sex life is often very tied to, like, my creativity. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, you know, like, when you're you're busy or bored or whatever, you're just – you don't feel very creative or very excited. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, the sexuality is kind of a barometer of that. But we were actually just talking about you the other day. Actually, the day you texted me to come on your podcast. I had been talking about you literally, like, within an hour of you texting me, actually, to the point where We're I thought maybe I had okay. accidentally called you or something. I was like, did I just, like, butt dial Lindsay? Because <laughs> when I was talking about her, I conjured <laughs> you up out of nowhere. But I was talking with a group of girlfriends, and we, you know, we live in Montana, and everyone's really outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. And then there's a group of us that aren't. And mm-hmm. so we reference that we're kind of indoorsy when everyone's out, like, <laughs> backcountry skiing. We have started a hot tub league. Oh. And yeah, it's good so that we can get together and you can like treat it like a sport where you can be like, sorry, family, I can't do it that week. We have regionals. You know, you have to like <laughs> add sporting terms. But anyway, at my hot tub league, we were talking about how we had found each other because we didn't all have the same kind of fun that a lot of our social groups mm-hmm. were having. We wanted our own type of fun. And how do you like quantify that? And so mm-hmm. I was telling them about the first time I saw you. You had us write our want, will, won't lists mm-hmm. about things we wanted to do sexually, things we would do, mm-hmm. we were willing to do, and things that we won't do. And so that we could compare our lists and there was actually sort of this like open, authentic menu of things that were on the table. Mm-hmm. And we were able to talk about a lot of things. And so I was telling my hot tub league about the want, will, won't lists. And we decided that it was kind of the same thing when it comes to just all aspects of your life and the things that you, how you want to spend your time and the things that you want to pursue. And that especially when you're in a family or a relationship or um, trying to do any of those things with someone else, Mm -hmm. that you kind of have to have a way to communicate like, yeah, I don't want to go backcountry skiing. (laughs) Um, That's not my first type of fun. Um, Often I'll do things like that and I'll reflectively be like, oh, I'm glad I did it. But mm-hmm. it's not the same thing as the something I would just choose. Yeah. And so the the want, will, won't lists have come up for me in all kinds of avenues with sexuality. I've thought about them even as like parenting, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, this is like the behavior that I'll tolerate. This is the behavior <laughs> I want. And this is the behavior that like, no, there's going to be consequences for me and for them. Yeah. But like, it's kind of a way of, it's a nice way of categorizing experiences. Well, cool. I'm yeah. glad that it's working for oh, yeah. you. It's re- I remember one time, too, you told me that it's almost good to also teach your children to use safe words. Yeah. Not in like a yeah. sexual exploration way with you, but mm-hmm. that uh, more in the that they have the ability to say, I need this fight or this conversation or this circumstance to stop so that I can walk away yeah. and come back later to it. And I've always really appreciated that advice, but I had to figure out a different way to say it besides my like 
at the time, elementary age students, like, going to school and trying to use their safe words with their teacher. <laughs> but you're in good hands now because, I mean, I've had foster kids of all ages and we all use safe words and we yeah. all call them that. And so they go to school and they're using yes. them. So hopefully the Missoula education system, at least, is yeah. all warmed up open. to that yeah. idea. <laughs> Every kid in town has a safe word. <laughs> Why are these children speaking in BDSM it's really, language? Really interesting, like very open community. <laughs> it is wonderful, though. I and I love that you have all these tools that you're actually using. Oh yeah, it makes me excited. I yeah. feel like I did something. Well, with I'm my like life. an overachiever too, so I'm like the consummate student who's like, oh, okay, well, this is what we do. Here's the here's the assignment. We should just keep doing it till we see her again. We'll mm-hmm. just do it again and again. And yeah, a plus. It's interesting how things change too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as you, the things you want change, you know, sometimes you want it to, your life to be, uh, you know, just sort of tender and supportive. And other times you want it to be like challenging and exciting and whether that's your sex life or your yeah. life in general. I need to revisit my list. Yeah. Because yeah. what are you, what is your goal at this point for either your life or your sex life or oh, you gosh. as a personality? I think my goal so I've been with my now husband, but my my sexual monogamous partner since I was 22, and I am 42. So 20 years of the same sex partner. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting thing. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's like a single dude who lives in like Venice Beach and mm-hmm. has this whole different like kind of casual hookup culture, mm-hmm. and it's very like normalized within his group of friends and yeah. and it was just so different than mine and and we were trying to sort of unpack like do you have to be more creative because you were with the same person for 20 years and you know each other and you know all you know mm-hmm. um all of these things and is just the excitement of a new physical body mm-hmm. enough that you don't have to like generate like New moves or new, you know, <laughs> and so it was just kind of a funny thing to to, to think about because it's been a long time since I've like explored another body, even besides my own and my my husband's. So I'd say I don't know. I think for me, my goals right now are I think I'd like to have more sex than I am having, mm-hmm. but I'd like to figure out contextual ways to make it feel new, even with the same partner. You know, and I think I'm, you told me once, it was so funny, I was like in such a rut at that moment, and you were like, you don't have to have sex in your bedroom. And I was like, oh, God, I totally <laughs> forgot, you know? Like I had been in like one of those ruts where like I kind of only wanted to have sex in the shower because it was just like easier to clean up. It was like my motivations were so terrible. Like like I was at a place where I'd be like, can I just keep reading? Mm-hmm. Go for it. But can I just finish my chapter while you do this? And then I'd rather be in the shower because then I don't have to clean anything up. And So I think for me it's like it's starting to get nice out here in Montana. So I'd like to have some outdoor sex. That's been a while. Been too long. Um, but it's also been a long, cold winter. Yeah. And I don't like being cold. I should probably get over that if I want to be more of an excited sex person. But I really like to be warm. So i gotta got to figure that out. But we are going to Hawaii, so that'll help. Okay. Maybe I'll have to figure out a way to s- sneak in some outdoor warm sex. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out, Hawaii. Hawaii. Elkie's coming Watch out. in more well, than we're one way. to avoid the tourist. Yes, I hope so. Hopefully I'm coming. Um, I will be there. But, yeah, we'll have to avoid the touristy areas. 
There are ways to do that. Yeah. Hawaii is actually, like, you can get into very, like, open outdoor environments yeah. very easily. Okay. So there's some outdoor sex is on your list. Warm sex. Yes. Hawaii sex. Yeah. Hawaii anything, really. Um, but, yeah, I, st- I still um, – I'm still very happy being in a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. But I do want to figure out how to have both of us feel that kind of thrill of excitement. You don't – feel like you are with a different body? In some ways, you know, I mean, we've gotten older. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are, like, yeah. physical changes. We look like, you know. But all, the, it's gradual. So you're not gradual. noticing it like a, a yeah. really And my husband is, like, a tall and skinny, tall, dark, and handsome, skinny man. And uh, he really does look, like, very similar to how he looked when we were 22. <laughs> Um, it's funny because, like, just this winter he's been, like, talking about how out of shape he is, and I just kind of laugh at him. Like, he, he calls it, you know, the dad bod, and I'm like, you, like, literally look like a 25-year-old. <laughs> but sure, call it dad bod because then at least it makes me feel, like, a little less, you know, frumpy and mom bod about it all. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, your body does change, but it is so gradual. It's not quite the same as, like— A one-night stand. Yes, if memory serves. It's not the same as the one I stand. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it is, you know, what feels good to that body doesn't mm-hmm. really change that drastically. You know, your waistline might change, but you might still really like a certain position, you know, or, you know, and it's easy to fall into the patterns of like, you know, something that will work. Mm-hmm. And so you, you just sort of default to that. Um, so it's always a treat when there's like something, even just little, like, the other day I made a point of we do often shower together just because that's like the time of the day that we spend together. And so we do have sex in the shower a lot. And the other day I was like sort of wanting something different. So I would like wore a T-shirt. And it was amazing. Oh. What <laughs> okay, I'm huge, so proud of you. Oh, thank you. It was amazing what a difference it made to just be like, I mean, I look like a 42-year-old mom. But I was like, I'm like the... Wet t-shirt contest <laughs> reef bikini lady in my t-shirt in the shower. And it did. It totally added a whole new element. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's it's not that difficult. And you don't need, like, to necessarily have new toys or, you know, some massive investment in, like, it was just, it was just that remembering that I could do something yeah. that looked like effort to, into feeling sexier or um, dirty or exciting or Yeah. And my breasts looked fantastic. (laughs) I was like, actually, I feel sort of like less self-conscious having a little something here than I do would. I don't feel self-conscious with him because we've known each other for so long. But, you know, than I maybe would have been. So I love listeners out there. (laughs) Everybody wear a T-shirt in the shower. So that's amazing. That was good. Changing one small variable. One small variable sometimes is all it takes. And I did. I felt I felt totally different. So the sex felt different too. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully you'll get some other. I know. I need some other ideas because I can't just wear sh- T-shirts in the shower all of the time because then it will start to feel like normal. And we only actually have one bathroom in our house. And my kids will be like, why are all these wear? <laughs> where are these puddled <laughs> up T-shirts on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll figure it out sooner or later, I'm sure. Have you seen um, – I I was just giving my friend's mom a tour of Adam and Eve, and they have these wonderful suction cup handles that you can put huh. in the shower. 
so that it allows you to to really hold on if you need to. And there's, I think some handcuffed ones. A, a funny old bathroom that the person who lived in it before was an elderly gentleman. And so we have like grab bars. Ah. And we did not remove them. Excellent. When we remodeled our bathroom, we were like, just keep the grab bars. Yeah. No, just in case. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, that works out pretty well. Yeah. Having a, having a good shower, you know, gets you a long way. I agree. It's, I think I have a hard time with it, though, because of the water. It's yeah. like an anti-lube. Yes. Anti- yes, yeah. for sure. You have to you have to like really time it right. Yeah. So that so that you have some lubrication. I have a hard time with it because my husband's just really tall. So it's yeah. very we're not like we don't have a ton of position options in the shower. What about so this is the one I always recommend it to people is that you have one partner in the tub itself and then one on the side using the shower curtain rod to hold onto and then lowering yourself onto them. Huh. Well, we don't have a shower curtain rod. We have like glass doors. Oh. So we tend to like fortunately my husband is outdoorsy and he loves to like physically suffer on like long <laughs> sloggy hikes and things like that so he's perfectly willing to do what i would think is a totally ridiculous like wall sit like you would in like high school pe class so he'll do this like wall sit and i'll kind of straddle him that way damn i know right props to yeah. him um, whoa but but I'm like too short for us to do like me facing away yeah. or anything in the in the shower, and so I was. That's why I had to pull out the t-shirt trick, which I literally haven't done in like a decade. I don't oh know why. God. It just like occurred to me. You're tapping into that creativity that you wanted. Yeah, I was tapping something. <laughs> <laughs> what about to- tapping a guy who's willing to do a wall sit for however long we happen to have sex in the shower? Maybe that's my way of ensuring that you know. Sometimes you need it to not last too long when there isn't, like, the natural lube. That's amazing. I, I'm so impressed by both of you in that position. Yeah, it's it's pretty epic, especially since our combined ages is, like, 84. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I was also thinking, aren't there little plastic stools that kiddos use to brush their teeth? Oh, yeah. Our kids, kids are older, so we shower. don't have those. I think I would get knocked over, though. That sounds wow. kind of like a dangerous that sounds like stitches waiting to happen my problem is is i'm sort of a baby about like i don't like to get my face wet and we actually have two shower heads mm. and so i'm kind of like trying to like thread the the needle of not like putting my face in the shower and somehow like you know so there's like this spot right in between the two. this is very impressive, it's complicated LK. yeah we've perfected this one which means we need something new but we've really got the shower thing down have you heard of the concept of clit lock no so it's a whole new thing. Yeah. So it sounds like a, like a super bad <laughs> cop show. <laughs> we should make you one. Could, like, like NCIS and you could have them in different cities. You could be like Clitlock Dallas. <laughs> Clitlock Miami Beach. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a positive thing, though, um, per se. It's when you have one way of getting off and you're kind of yeah. trapped in there. Like I haven't this heard hand, the term, toy, but I've definitely position. experienced where you're like, especially for me, like I find that I still have like a, a certain way to finish. You know, mm-hmm. I can do all, you know, all of these things, but to actually like fully have an orgasm, it's like very limited palette of things. 
Well, it's on my 2018 to-do list to overcome clit lock. For everyone or just for yourself? <laughs> I'm taking on everyone's clit lock. So you're going to have like a women's march where we're going to like <laughs> all Unlock. wear our hats and no one will have clit. So you're, you're determined to for have myself. nobody have to no, experience just, I mean, that lock. would be lovely. But for me. For you? Yeah. I wonder if like most, I don't know if it's women or people who identify as women, but I just, I feel like maybe because I can have most often when we have sex without fail, you know, my husband will orgasm, but I won't necessarily. And there's oftentimes I kind of don't really care if I do. I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is a thing I'm kind of doing for you or I'm happy not. Sometimes I'm frustrated that I'm not. And so that's where I kind of wonder sometimes if like, is there like a clit lock for men? Oh, yeah. I don't see why there wouldn't. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What would is we that call a term? It? Dick lock. Dick lock. Stroke lock. Something like that. I don't know, but it's a lot of lock. Yeah. So clit lock. I don't, yeah. So sometimes I wonder, like, do I care? You know, like, is it okay that I just, as long as I know how to orgasm, do I need it lots of ways to orgasm? Are different positioned orgasms feel different? I don't know. I mean, for me, I am locked to my right hand. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to use my left hand. Because if my right hand, huh. I'm talking about masturbation, yeah. not intercourse. Yeah. But if my right hand is exhausted, then I I want that other one to like tap yeah. in and take over. Yeah, I think I I think I would, especially for masturbation, would fall into. It's like exactly the same. But I think when I'm masturbating, I'm also just trying to like whack one off and be. I had an orgasm, you know. Like I don't know that I'm looking for. Like this long, prolonged thing for when it's just me mm-hmm. uh, masturbating. My goal is to orgasm, whereas sometimes when I'm having sex with another person, my goal isn't necessarily to orgasm. I understand that. Yeah. I think for a long time, that was the way it was for me. And I thought, like, yeah, this is great sex. I'm having great sex and the, this orgasm is great. Or I don't have to have one because the sex is great yeah. in and of itself. And then I had mind-blowing sex. Really? And I was like, oh. God, I need mind-blowing sex. Yeah. Okay, so as a person whose goal is to defy, break, clit lock, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do and what would you recommend? For me or for you? Yes, for me. For For any of us. Well, for me, it's just about using my left hand. For you... Oh, gosh, I think it would be really cool if you it's, – it's basically um, an exercise and discipline where you're not having any sort of stimulation in the way that you are accustomed to. Huh. So having to do everything outside everything of that. else. That's super interesting. It's like being on a foreign exchange trip, like Spanish immersion. <laughs> I want to learn Spanish by doing Spanish immersion. I want to break my clit lock by – you know, left-handed immersion. <laughs> it's really interesting. I've not heard of the term, but I think sometimes when you name something, that's when you are able to start, like, giving it thought. I yeah. mean, we've just talked about Clitlock for five minutes here. Even yeah. Clitlock Miami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clitlock Missoula. Clitlock I- would actually be kind of a fantastic, like, professional wrestler name <laughs> or move. It sounds like a move, like a wrestler move, like a headlock, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was worried you were gonna try and encourage me to do something that looked like a like vice grip that I would add to my repertoire and have to like get some hardware and really hurt myself. It sounds like I oh yeah don't I, do I that. Was imagining like pain. No, like, no, no, no. I mean this is like painful a clamp though. Clamp of some sort. 
I think it's hard, really hard to unwire that yeah. pleasure pattern. Yeah. Just not maybe as physically painful. Depends. Depends on whether or not you get blue balls or blue ovaries. But My problem is, is the, when I don't have sex for a little while, I'm one of the people who, like, starts wanting it less. Yeah. And, like, my husband's the opposite. Like, if we haven't had sex for a little while, he wants it more. And I just, like, kind of – it, like, kind of falls off my radar, you know, where I'm just like, what? That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> like, when you actually kind of, like, step back and think about it and you haven't had it for a while yeah. and it becomes sort of a – what? You uh, want to put something inside like, oh, my body? Like, you know, it seems like a bad idea. Um, and then you have sex again. And you're like, oh, yeah. You know, and sex begets more sex. You know, I think when you're yeah. in the, like, rhythm of having lots of sex, it stops seeming like a, a weird idea or a hassle or, you know, it becomes like another way of communicating. And uh, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot we had that language, too. Well, amazing sex is definitely going to positively reinforce itself. So yes, yes, let's aim for that. Yes, we actually have a magnet on our refrigerator that says "Bad Sex Sucks," <laughs> and then someone just gave us a poster because we have teenage sons, and so there's all these like teenage boys that hang out at my house. And <laughs> oh in Missoula, gosh. they're actually doing this really interesting campaign about rebranding consent, mm. so it's easier to talk about. Thanks, and Missoula. Yeah, it's actually really, really um, remarkable. And so there are these kind of cartoons and the one we have on our refrigerator so that all these teenage boys see it all of the time. And they've all like Instagrammed it and stuff because it's kind of this silly thing, but it's also like really good that it's in their Uh minds. And it's a couple like on a bicycle and they both look all blissed out and it talks about how – and it says, we just had mind-blowing consent. So it kind of replaces the word sex with the word consent (gasps) so that when you're thinking about like, you know, you want to meet up later and have consent, you know, and it's it's fantastic and it's really great. Oh my gosh, I would have I I'm gonna have to get back to you because I would really like to give the designer credit, but I would have to look in my emails to okay. be able to give you this person's name. Because I know they were a little nervous about it, and I think it's brilliant. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so just kind of, you know, especially for, you know, people new to the scene of sex or when they're in high school and like mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to talk about, even though right now there's all of this movement to mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're doing something physical that's kind of like a call and response of physicality. Right. And so then you're trying to interject this conversation. And so I loved that they just sort of replaced the act. So smart. So so smart. smart, Right? And clever and cute and funny and not – And it's sexy but not like scary. Mm -hmm. Like they will take a picture of this poster on our refrigerator and Instagram it. And they're kind of laughing like – Oh my gosh, look at what these guys' parents put on their refrigerator. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's approachable enough that they're willing to share it. You know, and you'll only share what you think kind of makes you look cool. Mm-hmm. So as far as like getting into their conversation, it's working really well. Oh, so, I love it. So bad sex sucks and you can have mind blowing consent. So that's wonderful. It's good. Yeah, I'll get you um connected with the designer. Okay. You would like her. Fun. I want to do a shout out real quick to the people on Patreon who support the channel. Um, There are so many of them, but these ones in particular go above and beyond to give us instruction and support. I, ah, yeah, they're awesome. Thank you. So, Ben, Joanna, Donna, the Millers, and Paul, thank you all. 
I have some questions here that will serve as our test question. These come from the episode of Sexplanation's YouTube channel where we talk about the first appointment. Mm -hmm. And then people in the comments just had follow-up questions that you and I can answer maybe. Maybe. I know we sort of diverged from the first appointment. Uh, That's fine. Okay. That is the Sexplanations podcast. Okay, good. Divergent. (laughs) Yes, tangents. Uh, Okay. So this one was actually asked by multiple people. How does someone know when they need to see a sexologist? And another version of it is, what needs would you recommend people see a sexologist to talk about as opposed to a psychologist? Oh, those are good questions. So I think there's probably lots of reasons why people should go and see But I think for me, I knew that I needed to because I didn't quite have even the language to talk about that I wanted more than I was getting. Mm. Um, I I didn't have a a great way, even in a long-term relationship that I was in, to have that conversation. And so even though it seemed like maybe it would be embarrassing Mm -hmm. or hard, it actually was less embarrassing and hard than trying to, like, have that conversation at our, like, kitchen table. It was, like, a safe, clear place where that was really, like, what we were doing. It was kind of like going to the gym or something Mm -hmm. because you feel like you maybe need to exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, and I'll go to the place where that's what you do. And it's not like you're going to go to the gym (laughs) and not, you know. Whereas you might not exercise if you stayed home. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit kind of that same idea to me of like, okay, I want to do this on purpose. Like I want to be thoughtfully, whether it's about your relationship or just myself as an individual, um, I wanted to really be in a place where like I was giving that part of my life the same sort of attention I would give my physical health or, oh, I would like to, you know, eat better. So I'll go to the store and I'll get the things I need. It's like I wanted to take care of myself in that way. Um, mm. And then what was the second part of the question? So there's the first one of how do they know oh, they need to and then... Instead of a, a psychologist. Yeah. Well, yeah. How do you know which needs go to a psychologist versus a sexologist? I actually, I, for me, have found it surprising um, that there's just actually quite a lot of overlap. Like Mm -hmm. I was saying before, it's like it's just one other way of measuring how I feel about myself or how I feel about the relationship that I'm in, how my self-esteem is doing. Yeah. You know, it's – they do overlap. And so like when I have been in periods of time where I've needed more counseling because of what's going on with my relationship or what's going on with my own self-esteem or things that I'm struggling with, often – it's a little bit like, oh, yeah, I should probably check in on this part, too, because mm-hmm. it because it is a factor. And again, it's it's interesting. And I don't know if all clinical sexologist appointments are like this. I know with you. <laughs> I don't know um, either. <laughs> uh, I know with you. It's just it's always uh, I feel very free. Like I can talk about anything that's going on because it actually all kind of comes back into the same pod. It's like Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have to only talk about what's going on sexually. The other stuff all is so informative that it it does really wind up opening up a lot of other categories. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really um, interesting and compelling. And it's funny because then I would go and see like my counselor and there was so much that we weren't talking about, I would realize, because Mm -hmm. there was just certain things that that wasn't what we... And so I kind of challenged myself to make sure I, like, brought up how I was doing sexually. 
Good. in with them because you realize, oh, okay, there's just so much, there's so much unsaid mm-hmm. as a culture and as an individual. And I try and be pretty open, but then I realize I'll talk to you and you'll list off things that I've never even heard of. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a like Northern European, Scandinavian, <laughs> frigid prude. I didn't even know it. But yeah, I think for me, it really just kind of, it helps me prioritize myself too in a way that other types of counseling don't always. Yeah, definitely the intention piece. Yeah. I've noticed with clients that I don't know if it's because it's a a space that is held for sexuality, but they come in and it's almost like because that is being held, they talk about everything else. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. I, I remember when I used to work doing HIV prevention and we'd host these big dinners for people living with AIDS and they would come and nobody would talk about that. It was like the one space where they could be something other than that. And so it's almost like, okay, if the issues are all around sexuality and who I am, my identity and my expression, et cetera, and I can go and I can just assume that this person is going to care about me just the way that I am, then I can talk about all the deeper problems going I used on. to work at a camp for kids who were experiencing cancer, and mm-hmm. it was a similar thing. It was like they finally were with their peer group, so they didn't have to actually talk about, like, their health. Right? Yeah. And um, and I do. I, I, th- I find that I adore my, like, other counselors, but if I'm not also talking about, I don't know, it is, it's just such an open door to saying, like, oh, I don't really like my body right now, or I hmm. physically don't feel very good, or I'm burned out or I'm tired or I'm feeling really great and confident and excited. You know, I mean, it's how you're able to express how you're feeling sexually really actually tells kind of all of the other pieces too. Yeah. You know, and it's hard because it is a complicated um, part of our lives, but so is money (laughs) and so is work and so are all of these other things. And sexuality can be such a positive outlet. And sort of to not treat it like going to the gym or going to mm-hmm. the nice restaurant or the things that you do for other aspects of your life. It is – it's very interesting. And it's interesting to live in a culture where people don't talk very freely about it. Yeah. Even like with my family, like we've tried to be pretty open. But at the same time, like there are times that are just like, dude, I don't want to talk to you about <laughs> this. You know, and they're quiet and – So you try and have stuff around, like the stuff on the fridge or whatever, that just kind of keeps it in at least the normalization of that this is like a thing that's happening. So good. But it is interesting because I sort of, when my kids were little, I sort of assumed we'd have this like super wide open conversations. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't get to really decide that for other people. Yes. (laughs) So true. Yeah. So you just have to sort of make, um, make sure that it's clear that you're there and that what they need is available to Mm -hmm. them, whether that's a jar of condoms in the bathroom, no questions asked if they are too shy to talk about it. Yeah. You know, you just want to, you know, it's interesting to all of a sudden be now in this place where not only am I trying to like support my own sexuality Mm -hmm. and my partner's sexual experience, but then I have people in my life who are kind of coming into that part of their life and uh, you try and be open and graceful and let people have privacy. It's tricky. <laughs> it is tricky. It's super tricky. I <clears throat> recently confronted hickeys. Oh boy! On my kids, and uh, 
that was something you, that you confronted the hickeys directly <laughs> like hey, hey get off of there <laughs> hickey yeah just okay so yeah. you you because uh, it's less private right that's yeah. their sexuality being kind very public yeah yeah and so navigating that yeah. in myself to say oh gosh i remember even now getting hickeys like that's such a positive experience for me that's a way of experiencing sensations yeah. that aren't necessarily associated with my genitals and it, it's yeah oh yeah it's it just very good. nice yeah but um but then you have a hickey but then, well, there is that. But then looking at a child, my kid, right? Yeah. And seeing this, what is a bruise? And being like, oh, now, wow, how do I really feel about hickeys? Yeah. And unpacking that was so powerful. It's tricky. So does, have fun your, when you get there. Does your audience have any? Yeah, thanks. I'll call you. I'll be like, uh-oh, okay. We probably just conjured it. I'm going to go home and <laughs> there's going to be, be a giant hickey. hickey. And I'm going to be like, dang it. We, we like <laughs> Lindsay, we, we jinxed ourselves. Um, did your does your audience have other questions? Yes, um, there's one more that lots of people asked, which is about the homework. So I in the episode referred to how at the end I give a homework assignment and then ask clients to give me one in return, and people were just in awe of like how what I don't understand what would somebody give you as homework or how, like how could they even have the confidence to do so. So I don't know if you remember so that. Yes. I um, I don't know if I recall what I asked you to do, though. But I do mm-hmm. specifically remember, well, we did our want, will, won't lists mm-hmm. that we mentioned earlier in the episode here. And that was incredible. Um, and then I remember you also had us go out on a first date. Oh, yes. And you gave us what felt super corny, like this sheet of paper <laughs> with like these are the, you know, as if we were like, Okay, these birds have this mating ritual, and these mammals have this mating ritual, and you as humans have this mating ritual. And so we had to go to a like a restaurant, but separately. Mm-hmm. And it was like broken down. People, you all have to have Lindsay give this to you. Maybe it's an it, episode. There's a flirting episode? episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we had to like do these steps, mm-hmm. which would seem super awkward to be like, oh okay, now I look at him and then I look away. <laughs> I love and it. I mean, we did this like a bazillion years ago. And I remember everything about it because by the time you do it, you're actually like your heart's pounding. Yeah, I mean, it like feels totally good. works mm-hmm. to be a human and have someone tell you what the mating ritual is and go do it, <laughs> and you like turn your body towards the person and then you turn your body away and then you like do all it. of these things, and it was so exciting yeah. and energizing, and also just kind of like it felt like a magic trick. In a way, yeah. to with somebody you've been with for a long time to actually feel those feelings as if you didn't know who they were. And it really came down to those steps. And so I think, but I feel like for us, I'm trying to remember seeing you and you'd ask what homework I had for you. I don't know that I, I don't remember the homework I gave you, but I do remember the homework you gave me like intimately years later, <laughs> remember like what the paper looked like and everything. You are an A plus student. I'm gold star. <laughs> gold star. But not even just that though. I think for me too, it's just there's just not that many times in your life where someone in any profession, in all of the self help and all of the work we all try and do for ourselves, where somebody gives you something that really just works. Like mm. that isn't like, oh, okay, you know. I've had lots of people say like, oh, you should go on, you should date or, you know, mm-hmm. like make time for yourselves. It's not the same thing as step seven is look <laughs> at each other, make eye contact, look away and your heart is pounding and you're like 
breathing is heavy and your like legs are tingly and you're sweating because you're like getting hit on by this cute person and you're like, oh my, we're like married. <laughs> we just happen to come separately and we have our little cheat sheets. But like not everything that you do like works. And then the stuff that I've been able to do with you as homework assignments, like really it works. And that's like such a nice treat to have a tool like that. Oh, well, hopefully everybody listening is doing their homework. Then. Do your homework. It it's works. Elke says it works. It works. And some of the homework isn't as fun as like learning how <laughs> no. to flirt or doing a want, will, won't list. Sometimes it's really hard, scary stuff, but yeah. it still works. And I think that because of the experience that I have had seeing a clinical sexologist and the the enough times where things have worked that you really it's easier as a client or a patient to like trust it. Mm -hmm. And do the things that are hard that aren't going to feel good and that are going to look like super yucky, get out your shovel, soul searching, own your shit Mm. kind of stuff. But because you've established that trust that that I'm willing to do it. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you. I can speak to what other clients, and maybe you have done this too, but uh, some people will have me listen to music that has really influenced them or watch documentaries read articles. Um, People have asked if I can go through a a mock email that they're writing to someone to Uh determine whether or not that's a go or to do some research on either a medication they're taking or a disease or disorder that they have that Mm -hmm. really impacts their sexuality that I would need to know more about but don't in the moment. So yeah, homework. Homework. Very varied. Yes. Should we give some homework? Sexter credit? Sexter credit. Assignments are not always bad, so here's some sextra credit. Well, I, I, I would definitely encourage everyone, if you haven't, to do the want, will, won't lists. Do you have an episode about those? Yes, yes. Yeah, so find, getting that, the, sex find you the episode, want. getting the sex you want. Mm-hmm. And is it YouTube or podcast? Yeah. So YouTube, YouTube episode. And, uh, and to really do that. Um, it was interesting for me, though, because... When I did my want, will, won't list, Mm -hmm. it also made me realize how small, even though I thought it was like this wild vocabulary of things. (laughs) And then you came in and followed up and you were like, well, what about this? And what about this? And you listed 20 things that I was like, oh, my God, I never even thought about that. And then 20 things I was like, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Um, So I would say do your want, will, won't list, but somehow have a place. I don't know if you have an episode of that where you just list a thousand billion things that people maybe weren't even thinking about. So I would make sure that you also, as a homework assignment, do that part of it because I think that that education is really important too. Of oh, like, that there's totally. so many things that you had never even thought about um, and that if you're only getting your information from your previous experience or like or just like pornography or something mm-hmm. like that, you're still like really missing out on a lot of options. Variables, Variables. t-shirts in the shower. Yeah, t-shirts in the shower. That's my homework assignment for you all. (laughs) T-shirt in the shower and see if that uh, changes anything. That's so good. Yeah, Yeah, we have – there's the Getting the Sex You Want episode, which talks all about how to create a want, will, won't list and the goal of putting 30 items Mm -hmm. per column. And then because I have found in sessions that people – they would say, what? I can't even think of 30 things for the whole uh-huh. chart, let alone for one yeah. column. You need some and help. So, yeah. So I made an episode called 150 Sex Acts where Ooh. I act out 
a lot of them in a playful way. And there's beautiful graphics that Matthew Gatos did that are all, you know. That's awesome. So good. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how, I mean, when I was coming of age, you know, we didn't have the internet. It was very different. Yes. So I remember we had like a Joy of Sex book. Yes. It was like the the um like the awesome like watercolor paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean we had certain things, but it was like you still really all of a sudden realize your your vocabulary and your palette is still limited to your experience at some level. And so that's where part of I think why someone might go and see a clinical sexologist for the first time is to realize maybe they just want to learn a bigger, broader language. Well, and perhaps because that language is what expands our experiences. Yeah. 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 So good. just have some more more options, you know, so it doesn't have to necessarily be a product of, like, dysfunction as to why you would go in. It could be a product of your own curiosity. It could be dysfunction or that you're frustrated with the way – it is, but it could also be that you're just um, enhancement. Enhancement. You're you're curious. You're hopeful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and how much sexuality is so interesting too, because it's so often rooted in these relationships. But I think it, seeing you re- has really taught me how much it's actually really rooted in your personal relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and your your own self conversation, your own self worth, and your own self esteem. Much more so even than who you might be having sex with. Oh, yeah. so beautiful. You're so kind and made me feel well, so good. Well, you are so good. You should feel good. This is like the Lindsay self-esteem episode. Yeah, Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay, you're the best. I think it's interesting, too, when we're talking about the assignment of the want, will, won't list is um, if you're feeling a little daunted by it, maybe do one about something else mm-hmm. first. Just to realize it's a great, like, matrix tool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like doing a SWOT analysis for your business or, you know, it's just like another little trick tool to help you kind of break something down. So if you're like thinking about getting a new job, do a want, will, won't list Mm -hmm. and see how that unfolds of things that you want to do, things that you will do and things you won't do. And how does that inform what you're willing to go do as a profession and then go, okay, now it's not such a scary tool to use. I'll use it for my sexual desires. Yeah. Yeah. And then take pictures if you want and post them on Twitter and Instagram. Of your list? <laughs> yes. Or of the of the acting out of the list. This is gonna get complicated. Either. You might really get some um some smackdown from Instagram if you do too much of but posting the lists themselves would actually be great because then as a community, you're expanding each other's vocabulary too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's nice to know that there's people out in the world who are experiencing the same thing you are. Or different things. Yeah. Okay, so we we skipped over kegels. Feel your kegels if you're able. Squeeze. Oh. I'm thinking we'll just do like rapid kegels, which we've never done before. Okay. Kind of the flutter kick version. Oh, gosh. Okay, this is good because I've actually had a terrible cold. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, the other day, I was like, I've been coughing so much this winter that I think I'm going to become incontinent. Oh. Yes. Never had a problem before, but now I cough so much. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to turn into one of those ladies who like pees when I cough. So, okay, flutter, flutter stop kick. lights, okay. kegels, pumping okay. gas, kegels. Well, I'm usually really good about it, but when you're like under the weather, you don't do anything. Mm. So, yeah, okay. I, I've, I've got some ground to make up. So, rapid fire, flutter kick, kegels. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should be holding a kickboard. <laughs> while we do and these. Also, let's add that when for me, when I change tabs 
on the computer, that's also a good time to do that. Oh, so like every that's time you go to good. a new tab, tab, you do a Kindle. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have the strongest pelvic floor in the world because I'm one of those people who anytime you open my computer, you're like, you have 3,000 tabs <laughs> open. They're like <laughs> miniature. Olympic vagina. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be able to like <gasps> propel myself through the ocean <laughs> like a squid, how to swim. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm ready. I'm not there now. My That's goal. okay. Squid keg- squid yes. vagina soon. <laughs> coming up. Coming up next. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, we need fan art, please. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. That'd be amazing. Right. Propelling yourself through the water because mm-hmm. your pelvic floor is so strong. Yeah. Yeah. That's some serious fletching. That's good. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm going to set a timer. Okay. On my phone. Are you going to give me tips or like on how to do them? So, yeah, I mean, there I, mean, I think so many of us do them and then you're like, I wonder if I do them right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There are coaches that will teach kegels like, you know, an ULA class or a Zumba class, et cetera, or yo- yoga, yeah. Pilates, et cetera, where they really walk you through the precise movements. Yes. I don't have that information for you. All I can say is that the way I usually instruct it is that you're – Using the same muscles that you would to stop or start urination, mm-hmm. and you're just clenching them. I went and saw a physical therapist. It was like right after I had my second son, mm-hmm. and they actually do a like a vaginal ultrasound mm. and have you do a Kegel. Gosh, it was a long time ago. I should have you talk to them. That would be really interesting. But it would show on the ultrasound screen like which of your stomach muscles you were also using and when you were using the wrong ones, which actually like do the opposite. Because you can be thinking you're doing a Kegel and actually like you're pushing out against it instead of like pulling it up into like your like transverse. Will you connect me to them too? Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. And then I'll go get my pelvic floor red. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's pretty crazy to sort of see to see all that, but it's ever since then I've always been a little bit like worried. Like, what if I'm doing the wrong way? What if I'm exploding the gasket instead of strengthening yeah. it? So okay, well, if you don't feel safe, if it if no, you're I feel I feel worried I feel that safe. you're going to do damage, don't do it. But I'm going to set this for 18 seconds, and okay. we're just going to see how many we can do. Kick squid kegels okay. for 18 seconds. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, start. Zero. Okay, good job, everybody. I hope everybody listening was doing kegels. I started feeling a little self-conscious of, like, being on a podcast and not having any noise. Oh, they're good. But I kind of like the idea of everybody out there sort of silently. Working it? Keggling it. Yeah, my legs started moving at one point. I know. I was like, I realized my, like, foot was kicking. (laughs) Squeeze, kick, squeeze, kick. (laughs) I think it's because you said flutter kick, so I immediately went into the swimming Kind of, kind of thing of like, okay, kick your legs, kick your legs. Elkie, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Yeah. It's always a pleasure, and I'm really proud of everyone that you have that listens I know. to your podcast They're and is so taking great. care of themselves in that way and giving themselves that that little bit of time of uh, self care to just listen and get informed. You're all wonderful. 
Elke, you're wonderful. Thank you for being here. Also, thank you to Callie from Cinema Studios for doing her sound recording, Too Complexly for production, and Count Boogie for the jingles, and Cora and Paro, I'm still learning. (laughs) 